Turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 7, Mark chapter 7, and let's pray before we begin. Father, it is just wonderful to be gathered with the people of God, to say hi, to have conversations, to smile, to hug, and to celebrate what you're doing. Lord, you're changing lives, you're drawing us near, you're forgiving sins, you're healing bodies, you're restoring families. And we just say, Lord, won't you come and move today? Open our hearts, let it be fertile soil for your word to be planted, and let us all going out of here saying we really met with Jesus. Amen. One of the unique experiences of my college time, my college years, was being a part of something called a fraternity. And if you're not familiar with fraternities, they're these social groups. They're kind of like a junior version of the Rotary Club or Lions Club or some different group that you hang out with. You, you eat with them, you play sports, go to parties, have dances. It's this group you hang out with. But the interesting thing about a fraternity is it has these traditions. So these things that have been passed down for, for decades or even centuries, and basically these are like these rituals that you do that make you different than, than other people. So you have like a secret handshake. Yes, that's still going on in the earth, like secret handshakes. And um, you say these sayings, you have a secret knock that you come and knock on the door. And, and I always thought this was kind of silly. Like this, you know, a, a bunch of, uh, of guys doing these secret knocks and stuff. But the funny part is that people would take it so seriously. Like I seriously remember walking up to, to the room my, where my fraternity is meeting and someone seeing me and shutting the door and me going like, are you serious? And I, I start trying to knock, you know, and it's like knock, 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 knock. And, and they wouldn't let me in. I'm like, you know it's me. Like you just walked here with me. Like, for crying out loud. Or, or us, like, messing up on the sayings. And people would get so mad. So here was the, 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 the apex of, of frustration and silliness for me. Is the older guys, they had these, like, letters that they told us younger guys, you've got to go out on campus and, and write these letters, shoe policies letters on buildings and, and like put it all over campus. They told us these two letters, M-A. They didn't tell us what they even stood for. So we're like, okay, we're in the fraternity. We have to do what the older guys say. So we go out and we're putting them on buildings. And then we got a little overly ambitious and decided to shoe polish every car on campus. And so we're going and putting these letters on the cars of campus until my best friend comes up to one car and is shoe polishing the windshield with this letter. And there's a guy sleeping in the car. And he sits up, and he goes, ah! And my friend goes, ah! And it was a security guard. So what ensued next was this James Bond chase scene of my fraternity brother friend and this, this security guard running. I mean, it was like he had robbed a bank. He's running after, yelling at him to stop. I'm with him all of a sudden. I'm running too. What do you do? We dive in a car. All of a sudden, we're in a speed chase because we've written shoe polish on some windows and and of course there's nothing better for the campus police officers to do so now we end up getting surrounded by police cars come out of the car with your shoe polish but you know we're like walking i surrender we end up in the chief of police's office 
for shoe polishing some cars. And the, 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 the most frustrating thing is the next day, the fraternity meets, and they're upset with us. They're like, how could you do this? How could you ruin our perfect reputation? And we're going to discipline you. And this story reminds me whew, of exactly. You wonder how you ended up being football players, guys. <laughs> Mark chapter 7, Jesus is talking to these guys that had gotten too into tradition. They've gotten way too into It says the Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. Everyone say, this is awful. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as washing cups and pitchers and kettles. So the Pharisees and the teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? If you're around this church for any amount of time, you'll hear us talk about the Jesus people movement. The Jesus movement was a time in the late 60s and early 70s where so many people were coming to Jesus. But here was the backdrop of it. 1968, 69, there's a crazy upheaval of society in the United States. There is just a crazy sexual revolution, free sex, and and people are, are just exploring and jumping into all kinds of abased activities. Then there's this drug culture, the normalization of drugs and people uh, experimenting with that. Then there was incredible racial pain and, 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 and this unrest in society. And then there was a complete distrust in government at the time and these unending strife uh, with, with our military and other countries. Okay, does that sound familiar? People were jumping into all kinds of activities to bring comfort, to find satisfaction, to bring alleviation of pain. But, of course, they were all ending in emptiness. There's this group called the Hippies. It's a countercultural group saying, okay, we're throwing off the old restraints, and we're going to plunge headlong into these different activities. And God responded. God responded. By pouring out a spirit. God responded by raising up different people that were preaching the gospel boldly and saying there is actually truth and his name is Jesus and come to him. And so people started coming to the Lord in droves on the beaches. The apex of it was Southern California. It was amazing. But here was the sad part. So many churches, actually most churches, missed the Jesus movement because of their tradition. Because of their religion, their religiosity. Today I want to talk to you of the title, Relational, Not Religious. Relational, Not Religious. Because we have this tendency as people, as church people, to actually get real religious, and sometimes we miss the very thing God's wanting to do. So let me show you a picture of what church people looked like in the 1960s. They looked like this. Hey! How you doing, buddy? <clears throat> this was the mainstream, clean-cut, goody-goody church guy. 
All right, so this is 1960. And now, let me show you what a hippie looked like. Whoa! This is a true life hippie. Actually was a follower of Jesus. Actually led thousands of people to the Lord. Go back to the first. This group, good. This group, bad. Churches were like, we don't want those people. They have long hair. They wear robes. They wear sandals and are barefoot. We don't want them in our church. Okay, go back to the first picture. Which group actually do you think looks more like Jesus? <laughs> These guys or this hippie? Okay, what I'm trying to point out is how ironic things get. We get so in love with our traditions that we're like, we can't accept a person in a church that looks like Jesus. <laughs> so, so many people actually missed the move of God because they were holding on to their traditions. They were like, good churches, they sing songs with organs because organs are in the Bible, right? We sing organ songs. Hippies, can you put that back up? They introduced something called a guitar. And I, I'm sure that the, that the religious people are like, you know, guitars, they look more like pitchforks than organs. I, I don't know what the rationale was, but we get lost in these, these traditions, and, and then we miss the very move of God. So look at this scripture how, how does Jesus respond to these Pharisees that are like, you, you're breaking tradition. You're, 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 you're eating with unclean hands. Jesus says, he replied, Isaiah. Now, who's Isaiah? Isaiah was an Old Testament prophet who spoke on behalf of God to the, the Jewish people. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, hypocrites. As it's written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Here, one of my greatest desires in life is to not be a hypocrite who says something with their lips, but the heart is far from him. Jesus says, hey, guys, I'm actually going to introduce something totally different because in religion, you're always looking just at the externals. You're looking, does that person look like us? Does he do the exact things that we do? And Jesus said, actually... It's about the heart. It's about the heart. I want to ask you today, where is your heart? Where is your heart? If you took an honest assessment, where is your heart? So if here's Jesus over here, let's draw. He's got long hair. He's got a beard. He's got happy eyes. What are, what are happy eyes? Uh, no, that looked mean. Um, here we go. Here, we'll draw a big smile. Okay, here's Jesus. Thank you. Where is your heart? Is your heart far from Jesus today? Because he said, your hearts are far from me. He goes, you can, you can wash your hands. You can, you can look perfect. You can have a Christian bumper sticker for crying out loud. It could say not of this world on your car. In, in case of rapture, this car will be unmanned. <laughs> you wear a Christian t-shirt. Body piercing saved my life, right? But your heart, 
can be far from me. Is your heart far? Or is your heart close? I want to propose to you today that where he really wants your heart is right here. Remaining in him. Jesus introduces this thing called relationship. He says, your lips can say one thing. Guys, you can recite everything perfectly. Your hands can be totally clean, and yet you miss me by a mile because your heart is hard, and your heart is far from me. And actually, why I've come onto earth is to introduce this concept of your heart in me and my heart in you. Why do people become religious? Like, why? Why are we... Uh, if you've walked in the church for any amount of time, you actually find yourself being like pulled into religion. It's the craziest thing. Like you don't want to be religious, but all of a sudden, then we're like, oh, but it kind of feels good. Here's why we like to be religious. Here's why people are drawn to religion. Number one, it impresses people, right? So your whole life, you know, you, 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 you didn't feel important. You didn't feel like people liked you. And all of a sudden, there's this group, and you realize, oh, if I talk this way, someone asks, how are you doing? And instead of being real, you're like, I'm great. Praise the Lord. The Lord has been good to me, and the Lord has blessed me. You say the Lord in every sentence, and all of a sudden, people are like, wow. Man, he's so lordy, right? So, right, we, 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 we start impressing people, right? I mean, have you ever noticed, like, you can be in an airport and everyone is just wearing normal clothes and then there's all someone, sudden someone with, like, a, 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 a religious robe on or a, a, a priestly collar or, you know, and you're like, wow, man, like, you, you're different. You were like, wow, a life devoted. And it's just because there's something they have on. Like, you don't know them from Adam, but you're like, wow, that is impressive, right? Or, or, or a title before their name, wow, that is impressive. We like religion because it actually impresses people, and, and it makes us start feeling like, oh, yeah, what's up, right? I'm religious Robbie, you know? I'm... <laughs> I'm righteous, Rebecca. You know, and that it becomes, it becomes, right, our, 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 our identity. Here's another reason. Why, why, do we, why do we gravitate towards religion? It makes us feel good about ourselves. You know, you wake up feeling all bad, and then you're like, yeah, but I, you know, today I actually did these five things. Like, I, I, I memorized this many scriptures, and I and it, the, the, the very things that that you, you just start turning them into an a, a, a list of acts, and and you're like, right? You're talking to someone, and you're like, this morning, when I spent seven hours with the Lord, He told me to encourage you that you have nice hair, and you you could have just said you have nice hair, but you're like, the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke to me in my inner chamber, this morning when I was in the secret place. <laughs> and we start, you know, we start feeling like, and, 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 you know, you're, they're like, well, yeah, I was spending time with God. I was like, well, I spent two hours 
with the Lord. And, you know, and, and, and we, we, we not only impress people, but we start feeling real good. And then you have a bad day where you miss that, or we, we, start, we start basing our life, or you're like, you know, I had a really bad day, but at least I'm not as bad as Hudson down here. Like, yeah, I mean, you know? Yeah, he has long, he has long hair. Um, and I'm clean cut, right? And yeah. We actually start judging other people. How, how, how religious are they? And then we start putting ourselves in, 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 in different orders. Lastly, we actually think we can earn God's affection by it. Well, I did this, this, and this, so certainly, God, you're pleased with me. It's like you're the little student that brought an apple to put on the teacher's desk. Right? And, and here's the thing about t- people that bring apples. Um, they're typically not waking up going like, oh, my gosh, I wonder if my teacher's going to be famished today. I think she needs the nutrition of an apple. They're usually more thinking like, I bet my teacher will like me if I show up with an apple. Right? Um, and some of you are like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. No, don't be condemned if you brought your teacher an apple. What I'm just, what, what I'm trying to say is so many times what we're doing is we're trying to earn God's affection instead of realizing, no, Jesus, when we were at our worst, he came and gave his life for us, that we're his kids. The reason he loves us is we're his kids. And it's out of an overflow of being his kids that I, I want to respond and bless him. It's not trying to earn his affection, having my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds. So Jesus goes on to say, they worship me in vain. So they're doing this action. They're going and they're worshiping me in vain. He says their teachings are merely, <coughs> excuse me, merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. Here's the sad thing. There are numerous people, because I've talked to them, there are numerous people, they've been in church their whole life, and, and, and they're very churchy, but they've missed Jesus. Let that never happen to us. They've, they've, they've had the, they, they've looked like a Christian, they talk like a Christian, they say the things, and they, they even have a Christian, you know, they're a deacon, and, they, and, and they're this and that, and Jesus is saying, but you're missing me. Like, you actually, you actually missed me because you were just doing the things, but you weren't actually in communion, in fellowship, in friendship with me. And he continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God. This is why so much of the world is hurt by us, church, is because we're, we're like, I'm going to go to church. And, and, and then we leave church, and then we're angry at the sinful world. And they, all they sense is just angry people. And Jesus is saying, guys, like, you're, you're doing, the, you're doing the, the, the ritual, but it's not transforming your heart. And he continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God. What, what are the commands of God? So the, the point I'm making is not that there's no commands and that what we do with our life doesn't matter. That's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is this. Jesus was actually asked, so what's the greatest command? What's the greatest command? And he says this in Mark 12, 29 and, and 30. He says, here's the most important one. Okay, you want to know what's the most important thing in life 
The most important one, Jesus said, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. It's back to the heart again. With all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater command than these. The chief goal, the highest ambition of all our lives. Let me tell you what it should be. It should actually be the same for all of us. It's loving Jesus. I I don't know if COVID will last forever on earth. I don't know if, if it's going to get easier or harder for Christians in America. I don't know how crazy the sexual revolution that's happening now is going to be. I don't know if inflation is going to continue to go up and prices are going to get higher and harder. But I can tell you this, no matter what happens, you can be successful in life. Even if you get fired, even if people turn against you, even if you're not popular, even if you don't have all the comforts and the things the world says, you can be successful if you just lock in on this one thing. My life's goal, my chief ambition, is to be in love with God. And for my heart to not be over here and not get hardened by what's happening around me. Not get hardened by the things that are being decided that I don't like. Not be hardened because a bunch of people are saying things. Not be hardened because of, of, of economically it's getting harder or, or this group is at strife with this group. No, the main goal is this. I'm in love with Jesus and every day I fall a little more in love. And I fall down and I mess up and I get right back up and I just say, really, my whole life is about you. It's about falling in love with you. And, and it's not just like in my heart, it's in my mind too. And it's with my strength too. And I'm falling more in love. And then what happens is I'm also loving people more. See, the Pharisees, man, they, they had the right clothes. They even had scriptures in boxes on their head. Like, that is religious. Like they had a box. I mean, imagine someone walks. I had this uh, this dude that that uh, I was investing in as a young man, and he got like so into wanting to keep Jesus in front of him that he he got. I'm serious. He got a coat hanger and wrapped it around his head, and and then had a picture of Jesus, and he walked around with a picture of Jesus on campus. Okay, um, and I and he went into a class. And, and, and this teacher from Germany was like, you have it all wrong. He goes, it is not a matter of the outward. It is a matter of the heart. And he's like, yeah, I, I know that. Um, I'm just trying. <laughs> he came home so defeated. It was really funny. Um, the, the, the problem that, that happens to us is, is we try to be so Christian-y and I do all my Christian things, and, and, and then I, I'm not actually falling more in love with Jesus, which is, is, is what this is all about. Um, l- listen to what Jesus says. He, he says, for Moses said, honor your father and mother. So, so Moses, right, he, he was the one who received the law of God, and he gave us these, these commandments, which is amazing. We still live by them today. It's like what healthy society is built on. Like, don't murder, don't steal. It's amazing that thousands of years ago, these 10 things were put into place that actually keep our society and people healthy. And, and here's one of them. Moses said, honor your father and mother. 
And anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is Corbin, that is devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you've handed down, and you do many things like that. What's he saying? He's saying, so college students, young people, he's saying, hey, like, don't get so into doing the Christian-y thing like I just, I spent all my money on the next Christian concert and the next Christian shirt. And you're like, but, but your parents are going, but you didn't even call me. And you're like, yeah, because I'm too busy being a Christian, right? I'm sorry, mom and dad. I, I couldn't, I couldn't love you. I couldn't, I couldn't be there for your, your birthday. Or I couldn't take care of you when you were hurting because I was too Christian-y. Um, at the end of the day, what matters, like, here, here's what I want. Who, who, who do I care that I, I, I want to, to, to think that I actually love God? Like, I want you to not be able to say, oh, yeah, Robert, you preached a good message. What matters is ask my wife, do I love God? Do I love her? Hopefully, you can ask my kids that if you're Faith isn't transforming your closest relationships. And I want to propose to you, maybe you don't have a real relationship with Jesus. Because we're actually more like Pharisees. Now you do all this good thing, but then you actually don't care for the people right in front of you. I've been so impacted by this ministry and these books called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Highly encourage you to read them. And, and Pete Scazzaro, the author, writes this. He goes, it's impossible to be spiritually mature and not emotionally mature. Like if your spirituality is not making you more like Jesus in your marriage or in your parenting or in your friendships or at work, then it's not true spirituality. It's just a show. It's just a facade. It's just, it's just religion. Here's a, here's a test. Do we on one hand say things that make us appear spiritual, but find us on the other hand saying hurtful things to people and talking about people behind their backs? That would be religion versus relationship. Do we do the right thing, but find out we really have a bad attitude about it? Do you find that you're angry at people because of their sin and mistakes instead of brokenhearted? Do we rank ourselves? Like, do you find yourself actually ranking someone? Well, I'm more Christian than them, but no, you know, that person is Larry's way ahead of me. Do you appear one way in public, but those closest to you see a different side of you? Do you have hidden vices that no one knows about, and you keep them hidden instead of revealing them because you care more about what people think than actually getting free? Do we spend more time thinking about how situations will affect how we look and what we get than how we're actually treating people around us? Is your feeling of closeness to God affected by how many things you've done from that day? And if the answer is yes to any of those, don't waller, don't wallow. I think waller's like a, just showed that I came from a ranch. Don't wallow in condemnation because that's religion. God brings conviction so we can repent. God, you know what? I realize I do. There is something hidden in my life. Don't, don't just be condemned and go, so I am a fake and I might as well give up. No, no, no. Then say, I'm going to re- respond to God's conviction. 
Because it's his kindness that leads to repentance. When you start being convicted, know that that's God's kindness so that you can repent, so that you can bring it out to your brothers and sisters and they can pray for you and help you walk because no one's strong enough to walk by themselves. Jesus didn't walk by himself. His disciples, they walk together. So then we can repent. So then we can say, help me, pray for me. I need help. That's actually relationship with Jesus, relationship with others. And then we start getting transformed. And that's what the world desperately needs is transformed followers of Jesus. And Jesus, again, called, this is verse 14, called the crowd and said, listen to me. Everyone, and understand this, nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it's what comes out of a person that defiles them, okay? He says, after he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull, he asked? Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile him? He's like, it's not about just having the perfectly clean hands and and, and eating the exact right foods. He says this, For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out the body. And saying this, Jesus declared, all foods are clean. He went on. What comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. So I hope you're seeing this. Because you can start misinterpreting this message as, okay, it doesn't matter what I do. As long as I just love Jesus, then I can do anything with my body. Do you know that that's actually being religious as well? That's actually a a religious spirit that says, you know, as long as I, as long as I have Jesus in my heart, then I can, I can be going to heaven, but live like hell. That's a religious spirit as well. So this is what you find a lot of Christians doing. And this is what I did. They they, they either choose religion over here, okay? So I am going to find out all the rules, and I'm just going to do them perfectly. Oh, what? Christians dress this way? Then I'm going to dress this way. Christians do this on Instagram? Then I'm going to make sure I always put a verse on every picture I have of myself. So it makes me look good. Uh, Oh, Christians wear this kind of t-shirt. Christians go to this concert. Christians do this. Okay, then I'm going to do that and fall in religion. But then it doesn't work out. And we're like, this stunk. I'm not having any fun. And those religious people were mean to me anyway. I tried to be this way and they were mean. And and then we get burned out on religion. So this is what most people do. This is what I didn't. When I was a young man, I went into rebellion. So this is, well, the heck with those Christians. You know, I, I, yeah, I've got Jesus in my heart, but I'm just going to do what I want. I'm going to go and plunge into to sin because he's going to forgive me anyway. So I'm going to go into sexual immorality. I'm going to do what I want with my body. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take in whatever I want. I'm just smoking and drinking and drugs. And, and, and because he's going to forgive me anyway, I'm just going to do it anyway. And, and I'm going to be greedy and angry and slander and, and gossip. I mean, some of the worst gossip on earth takes place in churches. And so, don't clap. (laughs) We are leading the world in one thing. (laughs) It's gossip. I'm just kidding. If you're clapping, you're affirming that I was saying, right, you weren't clapping for gossip. 
We don't clap for gossip here. Um, so we're in religion or we're in rebellion. But Jesus is saying, no, there's another way. There's another way. And it's the way of relationship. It's the way of relationship because here's the deal. There is evil. Like, it's not religious to say that there's evil. There is so much evil going on in the world. There is actual, do do you know that? Because I want to say some people in churches are like, hey, there's no evil. As long as as you're trying to be nice to people, you can think what you want about, about, you know, killing people and, and about sexuality and about, you know, no, there is actual evil. There is, that's what the Bible says, and, and the Bible says it to protect us. So what I'm not saying is, like, it doesn't matter as long as you, like, you know, kind of have Jesus in your heart, then do what you want. That, that is not what I am saying. That will destroy your life. What I'm saying is this. Listen to, to Ezekiel 36. Jesus says this. I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. He's saying this. There is an actual exchange. Guys, we're not just joining a religion. Okay, you're, hopefully you're not just saying, I am in the religion of Christianity. There is a reason why people think that all roads lead to the same place. There are people that actually, and, and there are people in the church, maybe even in this church, that think like, okay, I have my religion, Christianity, but you have your religion of, of this or that or this or that. Why do people think that? Because they're like, well, we all have our sacred texts. We have the Bible. They have this book. They have that book. They have that book. But we all have our own texts. And then everyone says prayers, right? They all do prayer and meditation. Then they all give alms to the poor. And then there's all, they all have standards to follow. So we're like, well, so certainly all roads are leading to the same place. Just take your road and believe in it. Guys, that's the same as driving to the San Diego airport and saying, it doesn't matter what plane I get in. I'm going to end up in Hawaii. No, be careful because you might end up in Toledo. You gotta get on the right plane. Right? It's preposterous to just say everything's leading the same way. That's why the Bible says no, when you actually cry out, when you realize I actually can't make myself good enough in religion, I can't save myself, there is junk in my life. I need a savior. And you give your life to Jesus, He actually says, I put a new heart in you. Because I take your heart of stone and I put in a heart of flesh. He says, I take your spirit that's always bent on rebellion or bent on pride and religion, and I actually put my spirit, a spirit of fellowship, a spirit of relationship in you. And so then what some of us do is we actually give our lives to Jesus. He puts a new spirit in us, but then we all of a sudden swing to one of these. You know, you, you get saved by grace, but then all of a sudden you're like, okay, but now it's time to go tuk, 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 and be perfect in religion. Or you're like, now I'm saved. I'm just going to do whatever I want. And I dive in to rebellion. And listen to what the scripture says. He says this, I'll remove your heart of stone, give you a heart of flesh, and I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. He's saying this, you can't please God without God in you pulling you into that. I've noticed something interesting as my, my kids have gotten older, my daughter, 
uh, who's a senior, has a boyfriend. Okay? And the interesting thing is he has her heart. Okay? I want her heart. I think only daddy should have her heart. But this guy, he's a, he's a good guy. I really like him. So, but I don't have to tell Hallie, Hallie, now you need to go and spend time with your boyfriend. Stop just hanging out at home. You need to go and, 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 and Hallie, you should actually, you know, um, make yourself pretty and, 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 and get all dolled up. No, all of a sudden she like comes out of the restroom like, oh, you look beautiful. And she's like, bye. Like, no, 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 stay with us. <clears throat> I, and I don't have to say like, Hallie, be more affectionate with your boyfriend. I'm, I'm not worried about that. Like, I'm not worried about her wanting to, 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 be, to spend time and to go out on dates, right? I'm like, well, I, no one's having to say, like, now be disciplined, okay? No, she just wants to do that. She, she gets all dolled up, and, and she goes out, and, and the way she looks at him, and I'm like, hey, remember me over here? I raised you. I pay for everything. Your room is in my house. That's my car you're driving, but... I'm not better. Well, I'm really, I'm really not. What I'm saying is he has her heart. And so she loves to be with him and then to walk around and, and to spend time and, and, and say la. Think about that. It's about relationship. And, and, and when Jesus has our heart and he's in our heart, it's our desire. It's our desire. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You'll wear yourself out trying to be a Christian without Christ in you. Did you just hear me? It's impossible. It's impossible to do this Christian faith without Jesus right in the center of our life and receiving his love and his affirmation and him actually, like, it's impossible. Have you ever noticed it's impossible to do the things he tells us to do? Someone's mean to you, turn the other cheek, right? That, that is, someone talks bad about you, answer kindly. Someone says something harsh, answer kindly. It's impossible to restrain yourself from doing all these things that the world's just saying you deserve and you need and it's fun. It's impossible. But that's why it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so we, wanna, we, we, we start by grace and we want to live by that by moment by moment, day by day, week by week, year by year. I just want to fall more in love and I want to receive his love more. And out of that love, I become like him. Out of that love, I actually please him. And out of that love, I give the world the real love of Jesus. Amen. Why don't you stand up?